Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and welcome to Shear Jeshub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Fellowship of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My name is Patty Scalzo, and in today's broadcast, my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, will be continuing our study on heavenly authority. At the end of the program, I will be giving you an address where you can contact us. So have a paper and pencil close by. But for now, please open your Bibles and let's go into the study. Today we'll continue our study in the book of Judges with a man named Gideon. Gideon was a military leader. We'll see he was a spiritual leader who God uses to deliver and save the Israelites from the oppression of the Midianites. If we remember the last time we left off with Deborah and Barak, who had defeated the Canaanites under Jabin, the king of Canaan, and Sisera, his commander. And after the song of Deborah in verse 31, it says, So the land had rest for 40 years. So there's a great victory, and for a 40-year period, the Israelites are at peace. And then it starts all over again. And we pick up today in chapter 6 of Judges and verse 1. And first we'll see the call of Gideon. Verse 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord Yahweh. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years years. Just as before, as before Deborah, as when we studied Shamgar and Atniel and Ehud, the people, after God does a great deliverance and they have peace, turn back to their evil ways. They do evil in the sight of the Lord. And we'll receive more detail about that as we read on in this section. And the same pattern as before, the Lord then takes his hand of protection away from them and they're delivered into the hands of their enemy. In this case, it's Midian, which are people over on the other side of the Jordan. Verse 2, And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up, also Amalekites, and the people of the east would come up against them. Verse 4, Then they would encamp against them, and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza, and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. Okay, so you have the Midianites, the Amalekites, who are an enemy people in the land of Israel, also other peoples of the east, and they come in and they're so numerous, they raid the Israelite territory, they plunder the crops, they plunder the cattle, and this goes on for seven years, and the Israelites are forced to go up into the mountains and prepare shelters for themselves in the clefts and the caves and the strongholds. 
the people that come in, these Midianites, these Amalekites, these people of the East, are as numerous as locusts and they destroy the land. And as a result, there's no food for the Israelites. Verse 6 it says, So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Whenever they get in trouble, whenever the grief is great, all of a sudden they turn from the evil way and now they want the Lord to protect them. And how much is that like our human nature? Sometimes it takes the bad things for us to remember the Lord God who created us and saved us and turn back to him and cry out for help. And the beautiful part about the Lord is his love that he hears and he does send them deliverance each time. It's amazing. The book of Judges, the same story over and over. And someone can say, well, you know, can't they come up with something new? But this is history. And it doesn't stop when we have the conclusion of the Bible. If you look at world history from that, people do the same thing over and over. We do it in our lives over and over. It takes sometimes a lot for us to learn the lesson. Sometimes we, we need a lot of hard knocks to recognize the fact of our need for God and to place Him first and that He's the only one that can protect us and sustain us and that is not just right but logical and proper to rely on and depend on the Lord God. It's as though the common sense of the Israelite because their hearts are so set on doing wrong and that can happen to us that the common sense gets taken away and you say, gee, you think they would just automatically worship the Lord God because look what happens to them when they don't. But their eyes are closed and their hearts need to be turned. And in the trials and tribulations that come about them, in this case, by the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the East, they turn back. They cry out. It's a heart change and the Lord hears. In verse 7, and it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them thus says the Lord God of Israel I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. And because they have not obeyed the voice of God, they have become greatly impoverished. It says up in verse 6. The response of the people in their despair, turning back to God and crying to the Lord Yahweh, it says in verse 7, that when they cried, it came about, verse 8, that the Lord sent a prophet. God will make his will known. There is a modern image, false image of God, that somehow, if there is a God, he's above all this. And he's not concerned with daily routines and what we do. He doesn't speak to people today. He's not concerned for our goings in and goings out and what we do. He's above all that. That's a modern, deistic way of thinking. 
But the God of the Bible, the true God, is that he is, and he cares for his people. And he communicates his will to his people. It is not intelligence to birth a child and then leave it and not nurture it. It's not wise to have an offspring, or to create an individual and never hold it, never communicate with it. And yet that's the image of God that modern men who believe in God, as opposed to the atheist and the agnostic, accept. Well, there's a God out there somewhere who's made all this, but he's not personally concerned. He doesn't speak to people. He doesn't tell. We can't know God's will. That's a modern false image. The God who is all intelligent and all wise, who created us, desires for us to know his will. He wants his children to understand. And he gives us his word, and he sends his prophets, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the church. Prophecy is part of that. And we were privileged this morning to participate in a word from the Lord. Is God breathing down upon us and saying, the rest of the world neither sees me nor knows me, but you know me, for I am with you and I am in you. And he tells us the things we need to know. The answer to this generation that says, help, Lord, is let me tell you why you're in danger. And let me tell you why you'll get out of danger. Look at the answer he gives. He says, I brought you up. This is the God that delivered Israel, the one true God. I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage with miracles. God delivered them. I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of the hand of all who oppressed you. Anyone that oppressed them, they were delivered. The Red Sea parted. The manna came down from heaven. They were a people blessed. The water of Jordan split. The walls of Jericho came down. There are people blessed, delivered by God. Anyone that oppressed, drove them out before you, gave you their land. And also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites. They're starting to serve the false gods. They're going the way of the world. They're becoming like all the other people. They're forgetting who created them, who saved them, who delivered them. And they're fearing the things of the peoples in the land they go into. They're fearing the false gods of the Amorites. And they're becoming as evil as the people whom they pushed out of the land in serving these false gods. And summarize it very quickly. But you have not obeyed my voice. The Lord clearly spoke to Moses, clearly showed them signs, clearly spoke through Joshua, Deliver the enemy into their hands, he says, but you have not obeyed my voice. If they obey his voice, what's going to happen? He's going to deliver them all over again. No one can stand up against the Lord God. No principality, no power, no nation, no demon. He'll deliver them all over again. But they have to be obedient unto his voice. It's sad when we as Christians say we accept the Lord, and then live like the world. And then we get in trouble and we cry out to the Lord. But we still don't want to hear his voice. We don't want to be told anything's wrong. And yet we need to hear the prophetic voice of God to repent and turn and have what's wrong made right. An interesting point here, what is the name of this prophet? The Lord sent the prophet. What is the name of the prophet? 
We don't know. It doesn't say, right? None of those verses, 8 through 10. This is the first prophet mentioned in the Bible after Joshua. Moses was a prophet. Joshua worked under the prophetic ministry as a leader. This is the first prophet mentioned in the Bible after Joshua, and he's unnamed, and that's appropriate, because the prophets were to exalt God and to give forth his word and not to seek their own glory. They're an instrument, and his name really isn't important. It's the word that he spoke which is important. They did not bring the attention onto themselves. Rather, they brought it onto God. They gave forth the word of the Lord. Notice also, it's not a prophecy of the future. Not every prophecy needs to be about the future. Rather, it's a call to Israel to remember Yahweh who delivered them from Egypt. And the implication is he can do it all over again if you make what's wrong right. If you obey his voice, he tells them. We rejoice that you could join us for the program today and hope that it was a blessing to you. We here at Shir Jashub love to receive your notes of encouragement, or if you feel led of the Lord to financially support the Bible study outreach of our church, please send all correspondence and donations to Shir Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Also, if you will be in the area, please join us for Sunday service. Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Take I-95 to exit 61. Go down to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of Sheer Jashub.